0: welcome to the state bar of texas podcast your monthly source for conversations and curated content to improve your law practice with your host rocky deer
1: hi and welcome to the state bar of texas podcast do you remember where you were on june 13th and 14th 2019 well if you were like me you would have been at the jw marriott in austin texas for the state bar of texas annual meeting Those of us in attendance were blithely unaware that our lives, our practices, and our entire world would change in a few short months. For those who skipped the annual meeting that year, vowing to attend, quote, next year, well, next year had different plans for us. We all know what that was. Well, our valiant state bar staff didn't leave us bereft of annual meetings. In fact, in 2020, we had an annual meeting on demand. A large set of pre-recorded programs for all of us to watch at our leisure at our home offices while we kept a lookout for sources of wild roaming batches of paper towels. You remember that too, right? 2021 brought us a virtual annual meeting where we could tune in from afar, this time with ample paper products. But still, there is something about seeing people in person, live, that just can't be mimicked. For me personally, what I missed most was hanging out with the State Bar staff. It was my one chance each year to spend quality time with those unsung heroes who serve us quietly and diligently and with a fervor that even the best advocates would describe as zealous. Well, I have some good news. This year, finally, after three years, the annual meeting will be back in person. In an actual hotel. With real people there. And it's still not too late to register. The meeting takes place on June 9th to 10th at the Marriott Marquis in Houston. In case you're wondering what's in store for us, well, I decided to get get straight to it. Let's go straight to the horse's mouths. Who better to tell us what to expect than our very own State Bar president, Sylvia Barunda Firth, and the executive director of the State Bar of Texas, Trey Apfel. Well, they've graciously taken time out of their schedules to give us an overview of what to expect now that we are making our way back to normal or maybe a new normal let's find out Sylvia and Trey thank you both for being here
2: thank you for having us Rocky
1: Thank you Rocky we appreciate the opportunity absolutely so you know Sylvia let's let's start for those who don't know you're you're based in El Paso so <laughs> I'm assuming you are probably coming about as far away as anyone to Houston so were you a regular at past annual meetings and what prompted you to come to those all the way from El Paso
2: well, yes, I, d- I, I have attended regularly um, and it's really a great opportunity to socialize with other lawyers, network, see lawyers that you don't necessarily, especially for someone like me who's from so far away. Um, but it's a great opportunity to get your CLE taken care of in a couple of days. Um, and it's, a, it's a great value. You get two days worth for a full package price and and, and the prices are very reasonable. It's only $350 for two full day package and 250 for each if you want to do just one day. So great topics. Almost every section has is presenting live CLE. So we've got all kinds of coverage for just about every practice group.
1: You know, I, I wonder, I wonder as, as we, as we talk about, you know, things like CLEs and doing all this, what, what went through your, what was your thinking when you, decided to make this in person versus doing one more year of truly virtual. You know, you had to have been faced with a conundrum at some point, right, where you said, "Okay, you know, it's it's kind of a a switch flip moment." So, what went through your your thinking as state bar president to decide to go in person again?
2: Well, I was very much looking forward to having the opportunity for lawyers to connect Throughout the pandemic, I've I've been out and and meeting with smaller groups of lawyers than will be at the annual pandemic. But lawyers are very social creatures and have been <laughs> craving the interaction with other lawyers. And it's important for us to begin to get back to back to the new normal, as you called it. And so we're very excited with. We're, of course, we'll be careful and be uh, respecting COVID protocols and have been watching and making sure that we could ensure everyone's safety. That w- that was foremost in our mind as well.
1: So, yeah, actually, you know, it, it's it's interesting you bring that up. So, Trey, I, I have to admit, I am a bit curious about what normal is going to look like here. You know, is it different from what we were used to prior to 2020? Can you kind of walk us through what's going to be familiar and what might be new and different?
3: Rocky, thank you again for this opportunity. I think you know we're we're pretty much going to be back to what I'd call business as usual at the annual meeting. so I have to dress up again,
1: like I can't just walk around in shorts that's I, I, right I was, was going to be gonna business have- on the top and then party on the bottom, but I guess <laughs> I can't do that anymore so. <laughs>
3: Exactly. We're hoping to see people in full regalia, more or less. <laughs> uh, uh, and, and we may even have a, a YouTube video on the side to, to remind some of our uh, male lawyers how to tie a tie, if necessary. But we're looking forward to it. We're going to have a, a full program, very similar to what we've done in the past. And uh, we're going to have a, a full array of sponsors and exhibitors Our annual meeting committee, uh, led by Angelica Hernandez and Denise Schofield, have worked very hard to put together a really top-shelf program, and uh, certainly our state bar staff is going to be out in force, making sure that all of our attendees have directions on where to go and what to do and what to see, and uh, they'll be there to help every step of the way.
1: Okay, but I think the... (laughs) I think you kind of skipped over the most important question, Trey, with, with all due respect, and that is, are we going to have ice cream again? Because we used to have that Thursday afternoons, I remember, to be the thing with the ice cream sandwiches, and I think there were even the ice cream cones, and there might have been some other ice cream treats. Are we, is that making a comeback this year?
3: You know, now that you mention it, I think that might be an excellent idea, and we'll have to, we'll have to do everything we can to make sure we, we put that at the top of our agenda.
1: Oh, absolutely. Lawyers need the sugar rush. You know that we're always so low energy otherwise, right? (laughs) So let's, let's talk for a moment about, about programming. You know, are there, maybe Sylvia, you can jump in on this. What kinds of tracks and practice areas can we expect this time around? Is it, is it the same as what we're used to? or Are there any changes or, or new additions?
2: Well, it's very much the same, what we're used to, it, that it works. As you know, the different sections come forward and put put their topics out, and it's worked in the past, and so we're looking, we've got a lot of people very enthusiastic to present and participate, so I think you're going to see all kinds of topics that'll be of interest, um, and I'm sure there's going to be things that we talk about that are dealing with our adjustment to working remotely, et cetera, with the way lawyers have adjusted to that as well. But the typical topics, each one of the sections will present um, for the interests of the specific
1: practice groups. So, so far, it's sounding like it's it's kind of what we remember the annual meetings of yore. But let's, we'll talk, for, we need to talk for a second about maybe specific COVID protocols if. If there are any and kind of what those look like. But before we do that, let's let's take a quick break and hear from our sponsors, and then we will come back and talk more specifically about COVID protocols. We'll be back in just a moment. The Texas Lawyers Assistance Program provides confidential help for Texas lawyers, law students, and judges who have problems with substance use and mental health issues. TLAP offers 24-7 confidential support and can connect you to peers and providers for assistance. TLAP can also connect you to the Sheeran Crowley Lawyer Wellness Trust, which provides financial help to Texas lawyers, law students, and judges who need treatment for substance use, depression, and other mental health issues, but can't afford to pay for services. Call or text TLAP anytime at 1-800-343-8527. And we are back with Sylvia Barunda-Firth and Trey Apfel talking about our our Wonderful upcoming 2022 in-person annual meeting. So, guys, talk to us a little bit about. You know, we've we've mentioned COVID protocols, but there are still folks that that are concerned about those. Can you can you walk us through what those protocols are going to look like,
3: Rocky? I'd be glad to uh, speak up on that. And and basically, we're we're going to be following the COVID safety protocols required by the venue, the Marriott Marquis. In addition to that we are going to encourage our attendees to wear face coverings except when eating and drinking and then we certainly will ask folks to maintain physical distance from others based on the current CDC guidelines. I will say that you know over the last several months society in general but the legal profession as a mm-hmm. whole too we've we've gathered and and began having in-person meetings. And from what we see, people are comfortable getting together in a uh, interpersonal setting. Some people are exercising uh, the uh, mask precautions, others are not. And we certainly understand that uh, people have a choice to do that and we'll respect those choices.
1: When it comes to the, the hotel's requirements, do you know offhand what those are?
3: I do not know exactly what those specific requirements are.
1: Okay. I, I assume we can get that on the website or once you arrive on site, but it sounds like, it sounds like any attendees should definitely carry a mask with them in case it's required. And then, you said, and then you said also the physical distancing is going to be something that we're going to be implementing. Are there going to be hand sanitizer stations or things like that for folks that just want to kind of stay germ-free?
3: Yes, we will probably have hand sanitizer at various locations throughout the facility so that that is uh, something that people can avail themselves of.
2: And I've been in the Marriott Marquis recently, and they do have, through, you know, everywhere every in the, in the public areas, there's hand sanitizers, there's notices about how they're keeping the, the, the site clean, etc. So it, it's, it's pretty much the What you what you come to expect these days in in public settings, but they're ready for us at the Marriott
1: Marquis. Well, good. Somebody's got to be ready for us. Let's let's talk for a second about. I I remember the old days too. With I say old days, I mean it's only three years ago, but I'm talking like this was, I'm I'm talking like this some kind of Norman Rockwell painting. But you know, I remember the the lunches and the breakfasts, and we used to get some really some really fun speakers. I, I remember several years ago we had former Secretary of State James Baker. Who had come to speak. I think when we were in Houston, this was, again, many years ago. Who are some of the, the cool appearances we might have this year that we can expect in 2022? Sylvia, do you have, do you have sure. anybody in mind?
2: Sure. Well, we've got some really interesting speakers that are a little, a um, maybe a little bit different from the past, but one of them that is is getting a lot of attention and people are really excited to hear from is Chris Shepard. He's an owner-executive chef of the entity called Underbelly Hospitality, and he's been changing the landscape of the Houston culinary scene since he opened his business in 2012, and he has been named one of the 10 best new chefs in America by Food & Wine, and then he was awarded the James Beard Award for Best Chef in the Southwest. And he has multiple restaurants, but what most people find very interesting about him is that in 2015, he launched a nonprofit called Southern Smoke, uh, the Southern Smoke Foundation to assist people in need in the food and beverage industry. And as you can well imagine, the foundation has been very active um, helping those who were affected not only by the pandemic, but also Hurricane Harvey before that.
1: He's yeah, been busy. At that yeah, yeah, he's
2: he distributed more than nine point eight million dollars worth of food in the Houston area. So people are interested to hear about hear from him and and the work that he's doing. It's a little bit different, but um, from you know typical legal topics. But but I think lawyers can use that kind of information as well.
1: So we're gonna be we're gonna be in a hotel having having like hotel banquet food, and we're gonna be hearing from this this like amazing chef and we just have to sit there and take it. I don't understand what you, you guys are, you're killing me over here. You're killing me. We we, we got this world famous chef and then we're all going to be sitting there having, having the little salad with the balsamic vinaigrette. This is, you're killing me, Sylvia. You're killing no, me. No,
2: well, Rocky, I have to tell you that I had the privilege of going and tasting what we're going to be eating. And I think you all are going to be very pleasantly surprised by the offerings that, yeah, it is I mean, they have to serve a lot of people at the same time. But the chef, we met with the chef and he, at, at Marriott Marquis, and he's very excited to show us what he can do. Um, and I think you're going to like the the menus for all so, the meals.
1: So, how does a schlub like me get in on this taste testing experience? Because you know, I mean, I'm sure you need help. I, I'm, I'm surprised nobody reached out to me. I mean i i've never I've never had a bad meal. I don't know what's I know what's going on here. I got to I got to talk to the state bar folks. I mean, there's no respect over here.
2: You need to be nicer to the staff, Rocky. That's
1: it. You just <laughs> I, I, clearly. Clear, I'm gonna have to start lobbying my case now come June. So no, that that all joking aside, that, that sounds like a pretty amazing topic. I mean, again, it's not it's it's not like a former secretary of state, but it sounds like the substance is gonna be something that can that can hit people and can maybe get lawyers to be involved in something nonprofit outside of the legal sphere. That's that's really cool. I you know, Trey, I, I wanted to I want to give a quick plug for the Adaptable Lawyer track. I know that as, as executive director, I'm sure you're in touch with other state bars. You know, it's I know it's happening because I've been involved in the planning committee for that particular track. It's really, I remember in 2009 when we launched it, it was kind of an innovation when it comes to how lawyers tackle CLE when it comes to a changing world. Are we still one of the only state bars that really... Spends this much time and attention on adaptation and new trends, or have we kind of blazed a trail that others have followed?
3: I think you're seeing uh, more and more state bars across the country follow the model that that Texas has developed. But I would continue to say that Texas is a leader in the adaptable uh, lawyer effort, and uh, I'm proud of the work that we've done. And I know you've been very instrumental in that effort as well with your involvement. Uh, in the computer and technology section of the bar.
1: Well, it, it it happened despite my involvement, so that's that's a big shout out to the to the other people involved. So, it, it, in terms of sponsors and exhibitors, are we still are we still going to have a nice big exhibit hall and people can kind of go around meet the different sponsors? Is there is there anything new or different going on there? I mean, again, it's I think for a lot of us, we're not sure what to expect because you know it's like, all right, we're back. How is this going to look compared to what we're used to? So. Is is the sponsor exhibitor space going to be any different?
3: The sponsor exhibitor space is going to be very much uh, what it was like pre pandemic. We have a lot of sponsors that are, uh, let's say, very anxious to uh, come back and and, and get people. out there, so to speak. Yeah. And so we're we understand that you know as a profession, as as Sylvia said, we're a very interpersonal uh, group, and these sponsors are anxious to sort of. Uh, get in on some of that energy and synergy so that they can also show the the good things that they have to offer to our lawyers.
1: And, And Sylvia, you know, I know you're from, you're from El Paso and, and we never, we never have an annual meeting in El Paso or, you know, in some of the other, some of the other, you know, notable, yet maybe not as large cities as Dallas, Fort Worth, Austin, Houston, San Antonio, as a state bar, how do we convince and maybe make that value proposition to lawyers who are from cities where we don't host an annual meeting? I mean, what 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 should prompt them to come out? You know, to to a Houston or a San Antonio or you know one of these quote major metros. How, how do you how do you get them to leave the comforts of their of their cities to come travel all that way to attend a meeting for two days? I mean, y- you've been through it. So how do you how do you counsel? Your lawyer friends and pitch to them to come out.
2: Well, first of all, I'm going to say El Paso is well on its way to trying to make ourselves ready for an annual meeting. As trainers, oh. the, the lawyers out here are constantly working on it. We we just need enough hotel rooms, and we're getting there. <laughs> we, we keep our downtown is having enjoying a renaissance, and um, we're we're going to be ready for y'all soon. It's a fun place to be. I, I can I can attest to that. Our our, our downtown is alive. But what what when I started going and what what I really much enjoyed was the variety of topics that are being presented as CLE, and it gives you an opportunity because when we usually go, we go to our practice group. Um, sure. If you're a real estate lawyer, you go to the real right. estate advanced real estate, etc. And it's always the same. But when you are at the annual meeting, you can sample different kinds of topics and. And really get to interact with people who are experts in fields that maybe you don't always get involved with. Um, but that is so interesting and so so much fun. And then it, even when you're from the remote places, it's fun to get get into one of the metro areas and interact with the lawyers from those areas. We know lawyers from across. We practice, especially nowadays, um, to actually meet somebody in person that you've only seen on Facebook, you know, it is a lot of fun.
1: I do wonder, though, like, you know, you there's this whole idea of, you know, you're you're you were clearly the the smart kid in law school because you're like, I want to go for the CLEs. But there's there's people like me that just want to go out and party and have a good time at these things. So let's talk for a moment, you know, about about the social aspect of it. What are some of your favorite annual meeting memories of hanging out with other lawyers and going out outside of the hotel and exploring whatever city you're in? Can you kind of walk us through some of your, sure. Well, some of
2: your first, favorites? Sure. Well, first of all, well, I'm obviously looking forward to the president's party. <laughs> <laughs> so we, so uh, we haven't had one of those for three years. Um, and I, I'm, I'm relieved that I'm actually going to get to have one before, before I leave office. Absolutely. Um, so that'll, that'll be a lot of fun. And we've got uh, a great band, a dance band. And again, the food is going to be fabulous. And we get to dress up and and just uh, and have a good time. But if I mean the Marriott Marquis is in the heart of downtown Houston, so it is literally a stone's throw from all kinds of activities. I don't think there's. I think the uh, baseball team is not in town, but but <laughs> the, the stadium's right there. Um, and so there's a lot of things to do and see in Houston when you, if you take a break from um, the annual meeting activities.
1: And, and Trey, what about you? I mean, you know, before you took on, you've been executive director since 2017? Correct. So yeah, you, you've had a few years under your belt now, but before that, you were, you were out in law practice as well. You know, was the annual meeting something that, that you included in your, in your annual planning? Or And, and if so, what, what kind of drew you to it?
3: very much like Sylvia said. I, I was not able to make it every year, but I tried to attend every chance I got, uh, especially when it was in Houston, uh, having uh, basically been born and raised and practiced in the Galveston County area. But I always uh, liked the opportunity and appreciated the opportunity to make acquaintances, new acquaintances, and, and renew old acquaintances as well. But as Sylvia said, the the opportunity for the CLE offerings uh, just covered such a, a wide array of uh, educational topics uh, that it just, it was too good to pass up and the value is too good to pass up. And and I always did enjoy uh, having served in various capacities in bar governance, being able to reconnect with some of the uh, lawyers that I had worked with over the years uh, because many of those lawyers would also attend either on their own, through their own purpose, or they would still be involved with a a bar committee or board or of some sort. So they would also uh, be there to basically uh, do the same sort of networking that the other lawyers would.
1: Well, yeah, because, you know, I'm going to play slight devil's advocate for a second and kind of say, you know, now with all of the online offerings, including through the state bar, you can get all that CLE and you can sit at your desk and- have lunch and do an hour of CLE while you're while you're watching the presentation. So, you know, if if I'm an attorney and I've got a choice between sitting at my desk watching this and then getting right back to my billable hours or getting back to my to my docket or getting on a plane or getting in a car and driving over to another city for an annual meeting or even if it's in my own city, I have to I have to commute to the venue. The CLE case you make is compelling. But let's talk for a moment about, you know, a little bit deeper about the networking. What are some of the networking opportunities opportunities that lawyers will have? And do you guys have any experiences with how that's helped you kind of grow your practices? Sylvia, we can start with you maybe.
2: Well, I, yeah, there's definitely an ample opportunity for networking in between sessions, there are presentations that you that that are interactive that that give you opportunity to inter, to interact with and meet other lawyers but the other thing too i mean I, I mentioned one of those speakers but we have other speakers too that are that you won't necessarily get on a you know lunchtime presentation over zoom we have um, corbin addison who is our best selling author he's written four books walk across the sun the Garden of Burning Sand, Tears of Dark Water, and the Harvest of Thorns, which address some of today's most pressing human rights issues. Oh, so he okay. he's he's an attorney, activist, and world traveler, and um, he's from Virginia. And he's going to be discussing his newest book called Wastelands. And so we have a book signing immediately after the Bench Bar Breakfast, where you would get to meet someone like him. And actually, the Bench Bar Breakfast is another opportunity you know, where else are you going to go and have opportunity to maybe sit and have breakfast with the jurist um, and chat with them informally um, before you have to stand before them in a courtroom. And the the annual meeting makes opportunities like that available.
1: I'm glad it's breakfast because sometimes when I go to those things, the other lawyers eat my lunch. Hey, (laughs) that just happened. But in terms of, say, getting involved with the bar itself, you know, I know a lot of lawyers will come out, do their CLEs, do the networking, do the events, and then go home. You know, I, I I thought we would be remiss if we didn't talk about opportunities to get involved with the state bar. You know, what are some of those opportunities, and is the annual meeting the place for folks to kind of, you know, inject themselves and get plugged into that?
3: I think that that is the perfect opportunity for uh, a lawyer to see what takes place uh, in terms of bar governance? You know, as a self-regulated profession, uh, we we have all volunteers who are there providing leadership to uh, the bar, and it's an opportunity for lawyers coming in who have not served in that capacity to basically just meet some of these uh, state bar directors, meet the state bar president, meet the state bar president elect. And have substantive discussions with them about each other's experiences along the way, so it's a great opportunity to kind of uh introduce those lawyers to uh, what what actually happens with regard to self governance How would
1: one go about getting more involved with whether it's bar governance or just serving the state bar you know even if it's not in an elected position, just kind of getting more in more involved with what our state bar is doing. Sylvia, do you have any tips and suggestions?
2: Sure. Well, and, you know, as I traveled around the state this year as the president, a lot of my messaging was exactly about that. How How could you get involved? So, and the annual meeting allows an opportunity for you to meet people from the sections and people that are in sections leadership. I always tell people one of the easiest ways to get involved with the state bar is just to join a section, whatever your area of interest is. And those will be people with common interests. It's pretty easy to work your way up to leadership in a section. And then that starts making you have exposure to potentially board, um, et cetera. So that's one way. The standing committees are a a different way. And when we're at annual meeting, they're, they're all there presenting what it is that they do for the bar, what it how they work as a section. And as Trey mentioned, that that's the backbone of the State Bar. Those are our volunteers that write the practice journals, et cetera. So I, I think if you're interested in State Bar leadership, it's a great place to come and you will be, and we're all out there. We're all in the hallways. We're all talking to each other. It's a great opportunity to meet people and ask the question. And we'll hook you up with whomever it is that you're interested in meeting.
1: Trey, as executive director, do you see any any areas where the state bar is particularly looking for help from members where they can kind of step up and say, hey, I'm ready to do this because here's a chance for us to try to recruit some volunteers. So where are some of the holes that you would like to see our membership plug?
3: I think the standing committees is the is the easiest and best opportunity for a lawyer looking to get involved to do just that. They can go to our website. They can see what uh, committees are there and then they can actually simply uh, apply to be considered for uh, nomination to that committee. And then the president-elect then goes through a very uh, thorough process of appointing members to those committees. And then that way they can get a little bit of a, a taste and flavor of what happens in these committees and how those committees contribute to the overall functioning of the bar. So that's a great opportunity. The section leadership is also a great opportunity. And then, of course, we have during the course of the uh, annual meeting, we have our bar leaders recognition luncheon. Sure. So many of our bar leaders who, who mm-hmm. exceed in their contributions to the profession are recognized there. So that's a, obviously a good opportunity for people to see uh, that recognition as well.
1: And, you know, before we close out and get ready for this amazing annual meeting, Sylvia, I wanted to kind of give you a chance to give us maybe the last word. And what I what I thought I would wa- maybe want to hear from you is as president, you know, as you look back on your presidency, you know, this has been a, it's been a year of tremendous transition going from very much a COVID world into now what appears to be transitioning into a post-COVID world. As president, what would you say is something you've been most proud of over this past year that you want our members to know has been going on behind the scenes while they've all been busy in their practices? What What have you and the rest of the state bar been doing that you're particularly proud of?
2: Trey won't say it, so I'll say it for him, but I've been particularly <laughs> proud of the state bar staff under Trey's leadership. We didn't miss a beat during all of the pandemic, and when we didn't know how we were going to be able to keep functioning, Trey and the state bar staff were able to keep things moving. The lawyers never even noticed because all their needs were being met. With some adjustments, we had sure. to we had to be um, you know light on our feet and do things maybe a little bit differently, but nimble. we're res- nimble, <laughs> very nimble, and and responding to the needs of the lawyers during that very rough time. And and as you mentioned at the top of the hour, was you know okay now we transitioned to offering CLE virtually. I didn't skip a beat. The quality was great. Um, everybody's needs were met. Adjusting to um, when we needed to give people maybe a little bit more time to pay their dues, because times were financially tough at the beginning, and the state bar responded to that. And I think we've been able to prove that we do a good job of self-regulating, self-governance, and uh, and I'm really proud of that, that we did not fail our membership during some pretty rough times.
1: Okay. Oh. I don't know if I can speak for every single lawyer in Texas, but I can speak for myself when I say I am very grateful to be a Texas lawyer. So thank you both for your leadership. So Sylvia Trey, you guys have been amazing. Thank you for walking us through this preview of what's to come with the 2022 in-person annual meeting. I, I can't wait to see you guys there. And of course, I want to thank you for tuning in. And I want to encourage you to stay safe and be well. And remember, it's not too late to register for the 2022 annual meeting. Just go to texasbar.com. And if you do make it there, come by the Legal Talk Network booth. We'll be doing a series of podcast interviews and would love to meet you in person. I can't, I can't wait to keep saying that over and over again. In person. If you like what you heard today, please rate and review us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or your favorite podcast app. Until next time, remember, life's a journey, folks. I'm Rocky Deer, signing off.
0: If you'd like more information about today's show, please visit LegalTalkNetwork.com. Go to TexasBar.com slash podcasts. Subscribe via Apple Podcasts and RSS. Find both the State Bar of Texas and Legal Talk Network on Twitter, Facebook, and LinkedIn